0: Got it.
1: Good day, everyone. Welcome to the new and improved Cantastic Wrestle Corner. This is my first new episode under this new format that I talked about uh, last week. And I'm very excited uh, today because uh, this is the first time I'm having a guest on where we, uh, so it's not just going to be me talking, it's going to be me having a very uh hopefully insightful and great conversation with another fan of wrestling and uh you may have heard him from uh the other uh, sltd wrestling podcast before but you know what i can't do him the justice of introducing him properly so i'm gonna let him talk and uh mike why don't you uh introduce yourself and uh, let the people know who you are
0: all right uh hello everybody i am uh mike charlip uh on SLTD Wrestling, I am uh, mouthing off with Mike JC where I do the uh, AW reviews every week, and uh, once in a while I'll throw in other things when uh, you know we have you know big big things to talk about. Uh, and I also have my own website, MikeJCOnWrestling.com, where I talk about all things wrestling. Um, and I'm working on uh, a big article on there about uh, about the recent recently released uh, wrestlers from wwe so that should be coming out soon
1: oh great fantastic well uh, we're all looking forward to uh reading up on that mike's uh mike's aew reviews are actually really good and uh, i would encourage everyone to go to sltdwrestling.com to check them out they come out every um thursday i believe for the thursday or friday so uh, keep an eye out for that I myself, I am uh, Alan, uh, also known as the Cantastic, on Twitter, Instagram, as well as on SODD. And I, also, I focus primarily on Impact Wrestling. So I do Impact Wrestling reviews. Uh, now that they've moved to Thursday, uh, my reviews will come out on either the Saturday or the Sunday. So primarily on the weekend. So for this first episode, I thought we'd just focus on what went down on uh, the world of wrestling this week, plus some other related wrestling topics from Monday Night Raw, NXT, Friday Night Smackdown, All Elite Wrestling. We're going to look into uh, all the shows, and we're just going to do our own typical deep dives into um, what has been happening. So let's start off with Monday Night Raw, you know, another three-hour extravaganza of um, Extravaganza
0: you know, is putting it lightly.
1: I, I think you ha- I think you know if you guys gotta follow Mike on Twitter, um you know, Mike JC uh 821. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yeah, you got because he will he has no filter, he will say exactly what is on his mind about anything he's watching on wrestling right now. And on Raw, again, I think I think at this point, Raw has become within the three hours, there's really only one or two, maybe two, storylines going on that are worth following. And even those ones we can all agree need some improvement on. Oh,
0: uh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: like, like let's, let's take a look at this, Mike. The, the WWE Championship picture. We're getting this match at, I'm going to call it backlash because I just don't want to give this ridiculous uh, marketing terminology where they tag WrestleMania. They just slap the label WrestleMania on it and they just expect us to think that it's going to be like another continuation of Wrestlemania which it is not let's just be clear about that it's always been just
0: I mean they might as well call it the triple threat pay-per-view if you look at the card
1: (laughs) that is true that is true it's it seems like the triple threat match is becoming like I don't mind a triple threat match but it's got to have some nice kind of build towards it like let's let's take a look at just the WWE title picture right now it's going to be Bobby Lashley, the champion, versus Drew McIntyre, the former champion. And Braun Strowman has been added to the mix. And for this week, they decided to have Braun Strowman face Bobby Lashley. And I don't know, Mike, what did you think about the build to this? It, it seemed like it could have been done better. I'm, I'm not well, exactly feeling the chemistry here between these guys. I
0: mean, there's a lot of things on Raw that can be done better. But, um, yeah, this was... I, I don't like how they they got to this point because they just gave Drew a rematch for no reason, didn't earn it, nothing. And, and then... Well, actually, did he earn it? I don't remember.
1: Um, um, I, actually, you're right. I don't think he did technically earn it, but, I mean, he was expected uh, that he should get one.
0: Yeah. Um, and then they just decided one week that... He that retribution broke up and they were targeting him, so then Braun came out to help him for no reason. Um, and then they had a tag match for no reason. They they lost by DQ, oh no, they won by DQ, and then they then they did the exact same thing the following week, only Braun had a handicap match instead of Drew, and the same exact thing happened. They had a tag match, which ended in a count out. <laughs> and then the following yeah. week they just, they, they said, oh, uh, I I want to face Drew this week. And if I win, I want a title shot. And they decided that that was a good idea. Um, and then Braun won, thanks to Retribution or whatever. Yeah. Mason, Mason T-Bar. They're not in Retribution anymore.
1: Uh and then, <laughs> it's like it's like you know. I have to say, I think the last two weeks of Raw was just the worst post WrestleMania shows that probably ever came out in in at least the last ten years. I mean, actually, this this past week's Raw, this Raw was actually a little better, a little bit.
0: Yeah, there was there was things on this past. I mean, there's a couple of things on Raw that I actually really like, but it's very hard to to miss the bad when there's really only like one or two good things in a three hour show. Um, you know, cause I mean, Braun, they're just adding Braun for no reason. And it's probably because they want Lashley to win and for Braun to take the pin. I mean, I don't, I don't know what other
1: I, I reason think it's there like, could be. I think the way the story has been built uh, in the last two weeks, the way you describe it, it's very hard to like pin down you know, what the main narrative narrative is because uh, like you said one week ago like two weeks ago it was Braun and Drew teaming up and then it's like Braun and Drew facing off against each other and then now it's like almost Lashley and MVP they're saying hey Drew you and I sh- well you and the you and uh the almighty you guys should team up against Braun and then you see that match uh this past week Braun and uh you know, Braun was thrown on outside or something, and then Bobby comes out. Drew at Drew at some point comes out and starts doing commentary for no reason. And before that, Bobby tries to like fist bump him. He's like, "Hey, brother, you know, you with yeah. me or what? You with me or what?" It's like, and that what are you that's, doing? that's another thing. It's like,
0: why does either of them have to face Lashley before the pay per view? The like last week, they just they were like, and this was this was horrendous. They're like either braun or drew is going to face lashley tonight and they did a recorded segment where they flipped a coin (laughs) and then and then he he faced braun and of course there was shenanigans because there always is and then they decided oh next week he's gonna face drew because he faced braun this week why does he have to face them at all
1: why can't they just not face each other before the pay? Exactly. You know what? You know what? I tweeted this out uh, live. I live. I tweeted this out during the show. I think they should have just done this. They should have put like together a nice video package of each guy, ex- you know, explaining their journey or like, um, uh, you know, their past uh, accomplishments, and then you know, just they they should not have them touch each other at all until the pay per view match. You know, do a nice video video package of each guy for the show. Next week, we'll do a contract signing, and you know you know how those end up. Yeah. And then we yep. should just do the pay-per-view. Like, you See, know, yeah. they kept playing. They, you know, they, 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 they booked this Bobby versus Braun match, and then they kept playing clips of the last time they faced off against each other back when, um, you know, it was just a Grudge match. Braun had hair. There were still fans in the audience for Raw. Yeah, and those and they went through an LED screen. Like that was a big yeah. spot. Yeah. So they didn't I, just played off on that. I just wish that they would they would
0: make these matches better because, uh, as I've said before, and as I've heard numerous people say before, I don't want to see losers facing losers. I want to see winners facing winners. So instead of having the champions and the challengers facing each other over and over and over again and 50, 50, booking them to, to hell, why can't they just all build their own momentum until the show and then have a blow off match. And instead of having, you know, three matches, because I'm sure drew and Lashley are going to face each other again. And,
1: and then it's ridiculous. They're Why they make they're going to make it some kind of gimmick match, maybe you know MVP suspended on a in a shark cage above the ring, or Ugh. something like um, maybe make it a last man standing match because at at some point this has got to end, and Lashley yeah. has got to find a new opponent.
0: Well, and that that kind of makes me think that maybe Drew is going to pin Braun to to protect Lashley. So they have a reason to have another match, but also they don't really need a reason to have another match. Apollo faced Big E seven times and he
1: lost six of those times. So, <laughs> But at least there was a storyline behind it because they, they eventually built it to a point where Apollo kind of just snapped and he went back, sort of went back to his Nigerian roots. And the way oh, yeah. I interpret it is is that the last five years of the normal-sounding Apollo cruise was the fake, and the real guy is actually this dude I, with a Nigerian accent and the giant behind him.
0: <laughs> I guess, but he didn't, he didn't need to lose six times to Big E to get there.
1: Well, you're one of those guys who actually remembers that. I think they're, I think SmackDown was banking on, on this whole repackaging of Apollo to try to wipe away the memory of the fact that he did lose to Big E like seven times or so. yeah so
0: i i mean i don't think that braun obviously braun's not winning the title no no i don't think uh, so i think he's literally there just to take the pin um because the money is lashley and drew I don't know why they need to prolong this. I, I feel like they could just have another singles match and it could be over from there. But the problem is, is that there's no credible faces for Lashley to face and there's no credible heels for Drew to face.
1: Exactly, because the, ros- <laughs> the roster is surprisingly thin. Even though they have a bunch of talent in the back, you know, you brought this point up before because Vince likes the big guys. And this, little, and this triple threat match is literally like Exemplifying Vince McMahon's idea of a WWE wrestler, because yep. they're all big guys. I mean, the only reason Braun is in there because he's he's probably the biggest of them all within that within that trio. So it's uh, it's like the ideal kind of uh, presentation he wants for his product. So, but anyway, you know, I guess you know the easy prediction is here that Bobby's going to win this match. He's going to either he's going to probably go pin Strowman to protect Drew. I mean, I think the predictability... It it could
0: also be the other way around. I I mean, at this point, I could
1: see Drew pinning Braun. You think Drew pin Braun? So so do you think Drew will actually get this title back?
0: uh, I think he will. I I just don't know if if it's... I mean, because if it didn't happen in Mania... I don't know why you would do it at this show. Yeah, like why would but, if you
1: didn't do it at Mania, why would you do it at this when there's no fans? So
0: in the I mean, part of me is like, well, maybe that's the reason that Braun is in there. So either one of them can pin Braun so to protect the other. But I I don't know. It could go either way. Okay. Um. Yeah. But there is. I mean, there's one thing on Raw that I actually like.
1: Oh, what is that? <laughs> Let me know. Let, R- please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> RK bro. Okay, you know what? I was actually thinking that because was, <clears throat> let's, let's move on to the RK Bro segment and then we can go back to some other stuff that uh, that was a downer on Raw. RK Bro, those, this is very interesting because Randy Orton has been sort of this cold blooded killer, legend killers kind of guy character for the last couple of months now. You know, we saw him do that series of matches with Drew that really built up that street cred, but now he's apparently being lumped into sort of comedic tag team with Matt Riddle. So let's review what happened on, on Raw this week uh, related to RK-Bro. So we get a scene where Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, they're backstage and being treated by the medical doctors after they just had a tag team match with AJ Styles and Omos. Um, Elias and Jackson Riker come, uh, sneak up and try to, with a bag of tomatoes, because last week they got pelted with tomatoes by the new day. So they're going to try to do a revenge rift and hit them with tomatoes instead. So they did a scene where they start whipping tomatoes and then Elias immediately stops Jackson and the camera pans over. They don't hit Kofi or Xavier. They hit Randy Orton who apparently just happened to walk into the shot as soon as they started whipping the tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And then you get the scene where Matt, Riddle's on his little scooters going, Hey bro, he's a skate spy. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously we're gonna see a tag match between these two guys later.
0: See, and- I I actually really like this because yeah. the the polar opposites of Randy Orton and Matt Riddle kind of like really goes together. Cause you can tell that like Randy Orton, like Randy Orton is actually enjoying this. Like this is like he this is his like when Randy Orton like wants to sink his teeth into something, you can tell when he's having a good time. Like, I could, and I could tell that Riddle's trying to break him on camera because yeah. Matt, uh, Matt, uh, Randy Orton's having a hard time, not not laughing on camera. <laughs> you can tell, and yeah, I love that. I, I, I love it's, that.
1: It's uh, it's like uh, it's a bit of um, it's a bit of a trick to try to see when if Randy Orton is breaking on camera because it's very rare i think is the only other time i've seen him almost break character is there was one of those big um uh number sort of like challenge champion versus challenger promos in the ring on smackdown and then samoa joe comes out and he throws his line at jeff hardy hey jeff why don't you sit down and uh let, let everybody talk because this is not an aa meeting or something and then and then randy kind of just squats down and puts his head in his hands because he's trying to like not break character because that mm-hmm. was just like one like a line i guess that made him laugh right
0: yeah but yeah and like even when they fr- like the week before like the segment that they did was really was was great because matt riddle is so natural at what he does because Matt Riddle is not playing a character Matt Riddle is just being himself and that is so like I I love that but I I wish that I obviously I wish that Matt Riddle was taken a little more seriously because he is that good and that he should be on the top of the card but this is different and I actually really like it like you know the week before when they when Randy Orton was talking to him and he's like you know i he's like i don't know what planet you're from and matt riddle's like earth and he's like i don't know what we and and we really have nothing else in common except that we're both from earth like i love that i love that
1: <laughs> well yeah I, I i can i can definitely uh you know see the the attractiveness because no, this is not the first time matt riddle has been in sort of a tag team where his partner is sort of like the humorless rooting type because uh I see there's yep. a tweet from Pete Dunn here. He's he tweeted out to Randy Orton quick before it's too late. And it's a picture of him and Riddle in the Broserweight golf cart when <laughs> they were teaming up together on NXT. Matt see, Riddle, the- he's standing up, he's got a tie on, he's got the hand in the air. He's like, he's basking in all that. And and Pete is just sitting in the cart, like with a frown on his face, like going oh, I just wish this was over.
0: <laughs> and they, and they, they never got to pay that hey, off.
1: Bro, hey, dude, just they just put it up they, there. Ne- <laughs> they never got to pay that off because of the pandemic. I know, it's so sad. that. But, um, but you know, I mean, they kind of amazing.
0: paid it off with Timothy Thatcher, but they had to rush it.
1: Yeah, they had to rush it, but eventually that was going to break down into a, into a feud, yeah. right?
0: But yeah, I, I love this stuff. And obviously it's going to, I, I mean, what I hope, what I hope is that, Every single week, like uh Corey Graves is gonna be like speculating that Randy Orton's going to turn every because <laughs> he's done it like every time. Like he he would go like, Oh, wait, wait, look, like and I love that because commentary doesn't normally do that. And I think that they're gonna just continue winning tag matches and build to them winning or getting a tag title. Shot.
1: Yeah, I mean and, it, and then
0: and then probably I wanna say maybe SummerSlam they'll pay it off in a singles feud i hope because yeah. that, that could be a hell of a match
1: because right now like the the way the way you look at it um we i think we've all discussed this before um tag team wrestling in wwe right now is on a is is kind of flatlined, right and if you yeah. put the tag titles on raw at least on two guys that aren't a natural tag team right ag styles and omos Who's to say you can't put the tag titles on um, another team that's sort of kind of thrown in together? Like right yeah. now, I think there are a couple of tag teams that are on Raw that, you know, you can credibly build a sort of a division around. You've still got the Lucha House Party and you've got the Viking Raiders and uh, who else? Okay, maybe just those two right now. Maybe there are other ones on the horizon. I mean, I
0: despite what you may think, I feel like Elias and Riker could be a credible tag team. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I could see that.
0: I mean, despite what people think of Riker, I mean, he's not really that great as a person or as a wrestler, but.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That that's a topic for uh, maybe another discussion. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like I said, that's as far as I'm going to go there, but. Okay. um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, all they have to do is try. (laughs) It's try.
1: It's try. It's, it is shocking that with three hours of television time that the writers cannot Find something even, you know, you know, make it make some kind of an effort to make the product more, or make the story a little more attractive, right? Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's take a look at um, let's take a look at another another one. Um, I got Angel Garza uh-huh. has this backstage segment. He's walking around with a rose, and then Drew Gulak stops and yells at him, and they start making fun of each other. You know, Gulak saying Garza, you know, you're a ladies man, but you can't even score right now. So you know, they challenge each other to a match. And then Garza says, "You know what? After the match, I'm gonna shove this rose right up your ass." And then Gulak has a terrified look on his face. And what's crazy is after the match, that's exactly what happened. Angel Garza takes the butt of the rose, pull, shoves it down Drew's tights, and then kicks him straight in the ass. Uh, um, that's I mean I gotta tell you, I'm actually like this part because at least the man kept his promise. You know, like he said well, he said I he mean, was gonna there's... do something and he did it. There's so, that.
0: I mean, I my silver lining to this was at least Gulak and Garza are on TV. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I just I don't want Angel Garza to do that every single week, and if he does, I don't think it's going to help him. Um, because it's probably one of those things that uh, somebody suggested in a meeting or something, and Vince McMahon laughed, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do it," because that's hilarious.
1: Well, anything and, involving like anal, anal humor or like yeah. peeing or pooing, it's yes. right up into his alley.
0: Yes. And that's that's a big problem, especially on Raw. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just don't want that to be something that they do all the time. I,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, as you said, it was like um, they, they, you know, at least those two are on the show for a segment. But, you know, could there be something better for these guys? Probably. We'll have to see, like, next week or, you know, going forward, if there's anything that comes up to this. Well, Uh, yeah, I
0: mean, I just don't want to see, like, I mean, obviously I don't think that they'll face each other again, but I don't want Angel Garza to be, like, just have a random match against, like, throwing out a name, Jeff Hardy, for no reason, and then he just does the Rose thing again because that's his thing now. I, I, you know, I don't want that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Angel Garza, his cousin, Humberto Carrillo, seems to be getting a TV time as well because this week, um, Sheamus throws out another open challenge, but in, but he was, wasn't facing Humberto. He was facing the newly signed to Raw, Mansoor from uh, NXT. So Mansoor and Sheamus, they have a pretty decent back and forth, I thought, And then out of nowhere, Humberto jumps in, attacks Sheamus, ends in a disqualification. And one thing that was brought up, not on a TV show, but on social media, is that this is technically breaking Mansoor's undefeated streak, which which most of us probably haven't heard about because he was on a 49-match winning streak. Guy hasn't lost since he was signed to the company. And then do you think this is...
0: Sorry, it's because he was only on 205 Live and yeah. nobody watches that show.
1: <laughs> but I don't... You know what? I actually don't think this should be considered as a break in the winning streak because Mansoor well, didn't actually get pinned. I mean, yeah, I was but, expecting Famous to pin him, but he didn't get pinned.
0: I mean, on a technicality, he lost because he lost by DQ. But uh, yeah, I mean, WWE doesn't seem to care about those things because if you remember... Alistair Black was undefeated for like a year and a half and they never acknowledged it. And then he just randomly lost to Seth. And we all know how that turned out. So I, I don't even think WWE knew about the streak or cared about it. <laughs> um, and this thing with Sheamus and Correa is just, I mean, every single week he comes out and he says he's going to have an open challenge and he's, but he's not going to defend the title. That's not how open challenges work and
1: (laughs) that actually is not true because if you remember back when john cena was u.s champion the open challenge was for the title and it was a great way for them to build uh give uh guys who are not usually don't get uh, airtime some uh some exposure right
0: i mean you could have done this with
1: drew gulak or angel or humberto anybody
0: ricochet anybody yeah i mean but and you know, the first week, Carrillo just got beat up bad and didn't fight back. The second week, it was half of that and then he did fight back. And then this week, he gets beat up backstage and then ruins a match. So uh, I, I don't obviously. Seamus versus Humberto Carrillo is not a pay per view match to me. That, <laughs> is a th- that is a throwaway match on Raw because they've done nothing to make me care about Humberto Carrillo at all. He just randomly showed up one on Raw after a, a year of not being on TV, and that uh, he wants a title shot because Sheamus is giving "quote unquote" open challenges. It, it's annoying. It's really annoying.
1: Well, I mean, there's not a lot of. Actual, cha- like, credible challengers at this point. Like, the most credible challenge Sheamus had in the last couple of months was Drew McIntyre, and Drew's currently tied up with uh the WWE title situation. And the only other yeah. credible challengers I see are Riddle and Randy Orton, but of course, they're phoned to get in a tag team. So it's well, like Sheamus has the title, but how credible is he making it if he's being told, oh, yeah, just go do open challenges every week, but it's not for the title, and you know, just you know whoever random guy you also on.
0: like this is a it's a three-hour show yeah and instead of having three nia jack segments <laughs> you could actually have matches where you build up credible challengers it's not hard
1: <laughs> i i don't know man i mean i look at i'm just looking at the recap of raw and it's like beginning the drew and the bobby and the bronze situation it ends with that but in between, it was it's just like match after match, there's no real storyline tying anything together. Like Lucha House Party getting a shock win over the hurt business and then Cedric starts yelling at Shelton. We're breaking up. I mean that was the most that was the most like interesting thing within the with in between of the three hours from beginning to the end. Other than that, like Man. with the with the Alexa Bliss stuff, I really don't care about this anymore. It's like it's not really giving me a reason <laughs> to pay attention. I mean, the only other thing that's credible right now, I think we'll end the raw analysis on this, is the women's title picture. Because originally it's supposed to be Rhea facing Asuka at Backlash. Charlotte Flair comes out, basically threatens Sonya Deville into adding her into the triple threat. And then Sonya is just like, okay, we'll we'll add you in there. And then this draws out Rhea. Rhea's pissed off. Asuka comes out, starts shouting in Japanese like she always does. And you know, her usual tagline, and then I guess there's a a scuffle between uh, the three women, and it ends up with...
0: I'm convinced that they don't know what they're doing here. (laughs) At all.
1: You don't know why they're adding Charlotte into this match, or...? Uh,
0: No, just the entire thing. I'm convinced they have no idea what they're doing, because this wasn't supposed to happen, as we all know. Uh, Asuka versus... Rhea at mania was like plan d uh originally it was supposed to be Lacey and charlotte which would have been god awful um then it was going to be Lacey. uh and then it was going to be oscar and charlotte which we've seen before then it was going to be a triple threat then it was going to be and then we got oscar and Rhea. and oscar and Rhea, for whatever reason do not work well together. And since rhea has been on raw, she's been doing these horrible promos where you can tell she's reading from a cue card.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: I don't know why she's doing that. Obviously she's doing her job and it's yeah. not her fault. Okay. I don't know why they're making her do that.
1: I'm t- so in her defense, I will say this. It's been reported that she told that she's revealed that she's been taking acting classes cuz uh-huh. there's a confidence issue there. So that's why, like you said, that a couple of uh, weeks ago, she looked like she was reading off a cue card. And I brought this up on just one of my recent episodes uh, before um, this one, that it looks like is just reading off a teleprompter, like mm-hmm. the way Barack Obama would be reading off a teleprompter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Charlotte stuff, like they, like the whole thing with the referee and Mandy and see the, sens- the, the sensible thing, would have been for Charlotte to lose because of that referee but instead she just wins and it's over and we're gonna put that aside now and she beats Mandy and she beats Dana the week after and she just decides oh I'm Charlotte so I should be in the title shot and Sonia who's not the GM she just is supposed to be an assistant to yeah, Adam it's,
1: We don't exactly know her role at this point. It seems very it, it's, confusing.
0: It's ridiculous. And and we all know that Rhea is just going to end up pinning Oscar. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, first of all, Sonia DeVille and Adam Pierce, I think I think there is something going on there that might Peak interest if they do it right But right now it's like the authority Like who's in charge here Because you've been saying for months and months WWE official Adam Pearce He's basically in charge of both shows And suddenly you insert Sonya in the Smackdown And you're like okay fine At least Sonya's back on TV after her horrific personal situation but now mm-hmm. she's showing up on raw and apparently she's taken over for adam and then they're showing adam and sonia arguing and then there looks like they're making up and you know figuring out okay you know let's uh, be on the same page but kind of unsure in terms of storyline who's in charge of the show and then i think that the silver lining here is that at least charlotte's being a heel because i yeah. always assume she's a natural heel it's really tough for me to see charlotte as a baby face because that's not who she is well yeah charlotte's character work
0: charlotte's character work is what is best about this but um and i am not i'm not one of those people that are like oh it's just it's charlotte she's gotta be in the match because she's charlotte i i get how good charlotte is and i i get that she's the roman reigns of the women's division um, I I just don't like her saying things like I mean obviously she's gonna say them because she's who she is and she's a flair and all that. I don't like her saying how she's bigger than the title, because that makes the title mean nothing. Yeah, like she says like oh uh, all these late all these women want an opportunity and but. I am the opportunity. If you beat me, you, it's, she's basically saying if you beat her, it's bigger than winning the belt. And it's like, but you should want to win the belt. So why should that even matter? Um, so I, I, like I said, I get all of it and I respect what Charlotte does as a whole because she is that good. I just wish that they didn't overemphasize her to the point where it was like, oh, the women's division just won't work without Charlotte. That's yeah. not true. You just have to give other people opportunities. And bringing back Eva Marie is not that thing. Let's not
1: even, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like when I saw that vignette, I'm like, okay, she looks good. It's nice to see her. Um, but I'm like, so you fired mickey james who's a legend a six-time champion and you brought back my Um... my big thing
0: my big thing with that was all four of those women that were fired all four of them mickey james is a great wrestler and a great character chelsea green is a great wrestler and a really good actor she's really good at character work and the iconics are both really good but never given opportunities to show it because their job is to be stupid on tv
1: and, and they're a tag team like you guys broke them up for pretty much no reason exactly and you tried to give and one of them a singles push and it was like nothing
0: and and you got Nikki Cross sitting there doing nothing you got Naomi stuck in the stupid tag team which doesn't seem like she gives a crap about it it, it all of it it I I,
1: I almost I forgot Nikki Cross is still employed <laughs> that's how bad it's gotten
0: she's yeah she's on raw for whatever reason and not doing anything
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think even you said chelsea green's a good actress like she could probably have done the eva marie role that they're putting eva marie in now chelsea
0: green is so good at character work it's ridiculous like i didn't watch tna on a regular basis but when i saw her stuff when she was there it was so good.
1: Yeah. If you guys and, don't know who Chelsea Green is, go back and look her up. She does this insane, like, um, bride left at the altar uh, gimmick where her, she has, like, smeared lipstick and a torn yeah. wedding dress. And she spent, like, a year in that girl. It's, it's yeah, pretty wild. And
0: they literally did nothing with her. It was very unfortunate because her Raw debut, she gets hurt. Her SmackDown yeah, debut. It, it inju- she gets yeah. Hurt. When you get injured, and, it just messes you and, up, man. You know, she said in interviews she never got hurt before both of those occasions. Oh,
1: And it's Chelsea Green just I, I don't know. She's, yeah, she's, it's um. well, you know, we'll have to see where she ends up and where uh, this whole Raw women's division ends up. And then on that note, I think we should uh end the Raw talk for now because it's just going to be pretty miserable just talking about Raw for the next remaining time that we have uh let's move on to nxt uh nxt on tuesday nights you know thankfully it's only two hours so they can at least focus on um the product uh we get first uh, the opening match false count anywhere between leon ruff the former north american champion and isaiah swerve scott uh this match was wild um like i popped when swerve grabbed his toolbox and basically tried to murder leon ruff with it and then <laughs> Leon ducks out at the last minute and he gets this wild eye look on his face. Like Jack the Ripper or like Jason Voorhees just popped out, out of the lake or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. I um, My only concern with this was like they kind of um, they did the WWE thing where they make the feud last way too long and. I mean, because they said, you know, Swerve did that interview like a couple of weeks ago and said he was done with um, with Leon and then Leon attacked him and then they had to face again. And I just I wish they would stop doing that. <laughs> um, but this match was really good. And obviously, this feud needs to be over now.
1: I think so. And I think <laughs> this uh, and I think the way this match ended, I think does signify the end of this feud. Cause the way this match ended was very strangely. If you guys watch a show called WWE's most wanted treasures is basically the, <laughs> the WWE is trying to find the lost artifacts of their history. Basically the old props, some of their legends had used to wear or use. So mm-hmm. the guy hosting is a, is a dude named AJ Francis. He's a trainee performance center trainee but he's also like their on field collector. He yep. rough uh, climbs up on, I guess, the scaffolding and tries to do a high spot. AJ he, Francis pops out, out of nowhere, catches the kid, yells out, You must, I, I forgot what he yelled out. He, was like, he said, I mean, uh, you, you, must you must be, be outside out your, your, mind. your mind, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, that. drills him in the back of the head. It was, basically an, the, it was
0: basically an AA on the apron.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like an AA on an apron. Um, Swerve throws him back in the ring, hits his finish, wins the match. After the match, you see Scott leaving with his now Entourage, which he insists of yeah. AJ Francis, uh, the guy known as uh Ashante Fee Adonis, and yeah. the girl, her name is Brianna Brandy. I think yeah. they're all like just recent performance. Yeah, they're
0: all they're all trainees. Uh Ashante's been around. He was yeah. uh he
1: he's was- on two or five live, right?
0: yeah he's on 205 live he was in the dusty classic uh he's been around but uh yeah aj has been training for a little while i think he was a former football uh, american football player um but yeah he's been training for a little while and from what i saw from him there he looks fine i mean i haven't seen him in a match yet so
1: i would say i was kind of surprised that the way they just brought these guys together. Cause I mean, I saw Swerve in those vignettes in the back when he's like re- in his recording studio, like the yeah. girl I've seen before, but you know, the, these other guys that were always in the background and then suddenly they just emerged and you're like, Oh cool. We have a new faction on NXT. At yeah. least that's something.
0: I mean, I hope, I hope it leads to something good. I mean, like, I don't yeah, don't know, let's, s- here's what Swerve. I hope. Swerve and Ashante could be a tag team. Uh,
1: yeah, probably because I don't know if AJ's ready yet. I mean, I think he has to finish up taping the uh, rest of his uh, great uh, rest of that show and um, the girl Bri- Brianna. The last time I saw Brianna was she, like she was on Raw Underground, and then Shane McMahon suddenly thrust a microphone into her and she she start interviewing like Braun Strowman or something.
0: Was was she the girl who did the basketball thing with um with what's his name uh Cameron Grimes?
1: No, um, basketball thing. No, she was the one who did the scene with Cameron Grimes where uh, he said that he got punched in the mouth and he couldn't wrestle Finn Balor. And then she and like some other girl were like checking up on him.
0: Okay, and that must be a different trainee because there was another there was that segment where he was doing like the Ted Bibiase like basketball thing and he was going to kick the ball. And oh then the girl, and then the girl maybe, did like you know what the, maybe the girl did a right. crossover i don't know if that was her or somebody else
1: yeah well at least now that if she's part of this group they'll give her a little more exposure because i literally don't remember if she was the one doing that basketball spot with cameron so yeah yeah um so next up we get austin fury johnny gargano doing what they usually do barging into william regal's office uh. william is sitting there with scarlet and um, <laughs> Gargano was ranting and raving at Regal again. And then Regal's like, I don't have time for you, boy. And then Gargano's like, I'm the real champion here. Gargano walks away. Austin Fury starts staring at Scarlet, saying, whoa, they're really big. And are those real? And of course, all of us are obviously thinking yes. that they're referring to that thing. Yep. But then he goes, oh, these fingernails are really long. And then Gargano's like, don't talk to her. <laughs> So like yeah. I don't know, Fury is just a comedy act, and like I think this is a more natural uh, fit for him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just don't want because I feel like this is going to lead to something where it's Gargano versus Cross at some point, and I, I obviously would hope that Gargano loses the North American. Before. You think
1: they'll do? Um, you think they'll do another like title versus title match again?
0: Well, see, that's what I don't want because oh. they, they did that last time and just stripped them of the North American. Keith Lee, you know, like they tried to make it a big deal. Oh, he won both belts. And then they immediately took the North American title off of him. So <laughs> I don't want that to happen again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, Bronson Reed, he's got a title shot for the North American belt coming up. Uh, we yeah. don't know when. but I
0: think maybe carrying cross will have something to do with
1: yeah. Okay. Of, but uh, we'll have to uh, yeah. review that in, in a bit later. But uh, yeah. next, we get Ashante Asher Hale, sorry, Asher Hale, who used to be called Anthony Henry. I believe he was on Evolve, the Evolve pro, uh, uh-huh. I think. Yes. Yes. And he faces Cameron Grimes. Um, nothing much to see here. Cameron, you know, picks up the pin. And then afterwards, he goes off to celebrate, saying he booked a VIP room um the only part i liked was uh they gave some time for ever who apparently is now having their own streaming show every saturday so okay. and they're canadian guys so like i gotta give a shout out to ever rise
0: <laughs> i mean i this was a while ago but i always thought it was funny like they're like best friends with kevin owens and when kevin owens did commentary on nxt that one time oh he yeah was like he's like where's ever i want to see them
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and then and then I think um I think it was like in an ever and then they had a match with um I think it was Rizango and then like grizzled young veterans run in or something and then yeah. Kevin Owens is like no no this is ever time give them ever the time or something. yeah I, I
0: just remember that being really funny because he's he's like best friends with those guys so.
1: yeah <laughs> uh we get another backstage segment uh, Mackenzie Mitchell she's interviewing Kate and Carter and Casey Cantazaro. So they say they're moving on from Zaya Lee, but they're gonna watch that street fight because uh, in the main event for the women's tag team titles. Yeah, and then you get another uh, spot where Frankie Monet and her dog walks up to them. They're she's talking yeah. to them, and then um, you know nothing much here. I mean, uh, they they haven't made Frankie uh, or you know the former Taya Valkyrie uh, wrestle in a match yet. So I don't know if she's still like training to get more familiar with the wwe working style or what but
0: yeah what do you think of this
1: character frankie monet so far
0: i thought maybe they're like gonna save her debut for like io shirai or something Hmm. but i don't know i i mean obviously it's i mean it doesn't really seem that different from taya valkyrie it's just a different name um she's kind of being like trying to be complimentary while also being condescending and isn't that that's, that's isn't, fine?
1: Isn't that basically the mean girl's character? You know, you're like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, pretty much. I, and I guess that's probably what they're going for. Um, and that's fine because what I care about is how she works in the ring and what I, you know, I've seen her work. With yeah. A lot of great people and she has great matches. I, with I all really want to see so. what her,
1: what her ring gear looks like because like her ring gear back on Impact was kind of out there, it didn't really exactly fit her name but it was like just you know it's her own stuff so she was a little more creative with it um, yeah. but I think at some point I want to see Frankie Monet focus on feuding with somebody because right now she's kind of sprinkling herself all over the place you know with EO yeah. with, with like Casey and Caden here and then you know we'll get to this at the end but also with something she did with Shotzi and Amber that we'll talk about in a bit <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I yeah. mean she was off screen but yeah
1: yeah, um, next we get a um, tag team match. This is a pretty much a grudge match. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans versus Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Toothless Thatcher. Yeah. And this was pretty quick. You know, this is pretty hard hitting. This was kind of what you expect in terms of the British Strong Style kind of uh, genre, right? I mean, the um, yep. match ends... I'm not sure if I like the way this match ended. I think the match ended when somehow... Wade Barrett's shoe got thrown into the mix.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, because of that stupid shoes off yeah. Gibson
1: thing. <laughs> well, we don't, we well, because uh, we're not, neither of us are British, so we don't exactly completely understand that reference. But yeah, <laughs> I think Sack Gibson gets clocked of a shoe, or was it, yep. was it Drake? I don't remember. But um, I, don't I don't
0: remember.
1: Someone either. gets clocked of a shoe and then allows um, Thatcher to apply the armbar and Zach Gibson taps out. Yeah. So in terms of like whole shoe thing, I think it, it I think, I don't know, it was catering to the British audience because they knew the shoe reference in terms of Zach Gibson. Um, but,
0: um, yeah. I think, I don't know. Th- this was a good match, obviously. Both of these teams are fairly good. Um, I don't know how long I expect Thatcher and Ciampa to be a group, uh, be a team, I mean. Right. Um, I kind of have like the same speculation with you know RK Bro that I do for them. Um, I kind of th- I think Thatcher's going to end up in Imperium
1: because
0: hmm. um, it seems like they're trying to expand Imperium.
1: Yeah, um, but I, I don't know. So far, as, it looks like uh, Thatcher and Timfy are. I'm oh, sorry, Thatcher and Tomaso They yeah. look like incredible team. I mean. Obviously, Champa has a tag team experience because yep. he's a former champion. Well, actually, Timothy technically also had the belt, but at least they both, he was, let am say, he was both wrestled in a tag team.
0: Thatcher so, was subbing for Pete Dunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, next up, um, we're back with Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory still ranting about William Regal. Uh, they go to his office. <laughs> Theory looks like he's gonna knock on Regal's door, but then he lightly taps on the door. Rico's not even in his office. Rigo just walks up and says, "Oh yeah, don't forget your title shot, Johnny, with Bronson." He's not canceling the match, and then he tells Theory, "Hey, because of what happened earlier with Scarlet, um, you're gonna you're gonna face Karen Cross next week." <laughs> like, yep. like, like, as, this is all so, at least this is obviously building towards some sort of confrontation with Gargano and Cross, like you said earlier, Mike. Yeah, um, and then. We see another brief set with uh, Swerve Scott and his posse. They're leaving the re- they're leaving the arena or walking backstage. You know, another build towards this uh, new faction, obviously. hmm Um, what's next? Oh, yes. Now we finally get to our NXT champion, Karrion Cross, coming out. He's saying that you know, you guys just need to step up to me and roll the dice. But you know, I'm just getting a lot of people saying you're not afraid of me. You know what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for a fight. So we get one of those segments where potential challengers start coming out to the ring. First, we get cool Kyle O'Reilly coming out. You know, he's been a bit of a gentleman, tips his hat to Scarlett, saying, you know,
0: that, that O'Reilly's
1: saying across, hey, you know, I'm not afraid of you. I just want to say that to your face. And, you know, I want this match. I think you want this match too. Um, he comes out and says that. And then as soon as that is kind of building, Pete Dunn comes out. And I think Pete uh, gives a – pretty much the same promo he gave last week on camera yep <laughs> and then we get Finn Balor returning first time he's back since takeover and then Balor not a not a man of a lot of words here just says i've been there and done that with done and o'reilly and you know as a cross you know as soon as you're done with theory boom we get a brawl and we get basically this brawl where it's showing that Carrying cross, you need at least three top guys to even try to take him down. And then security comes out. And then Johnny Gargano and Austin Fury come up from behind. They start trying to take out Cross. Cross grabs Gargano by the foot, and then Fury makes a save. And then they take a young buck, and then Cross, you know, goes down. Gargano and Fury take a give them a young bucks double super kick. Mm-hmm. And then he's still not going down. Gargano finally takes off the North American title and clocks Cross with it, finally knocks him down. So, you know, as you said, we're going to get this build to a feud with uh, Gargano and Cross, but will the North American title be involved? We're not sure yet. It's we'll, my, you're, Yeah, what do you want to say about that?
0: My, my biggest problem with this entire segment is that None of these people are really credible challengers because they haven't won any matches.
1: <laughs> oh yes,
0: um, but we're Kyle not supposed
1: Re- to. We're not supposed to remember that because, like, oh, you
0: know. well, no, of course not, because <laughs> that shouldn't that shouldn't matter. But yeah, Kyle O'Reilly lost to Finn twice, and his only win recently was that unsanctioned match, which doesn't count.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, technically, but still, we all saw it, so.
0: Um, Pete Dunn has lost a lot. <laughs> um Finn, I mean Finn was winning matches until he lost to Cross and hasn't been seen since. And Johnny Gargano is winning matches, but he's cheating to do it. So yeah. Um I
1: don't know. Well, I, this this whole thing builds on this narrative that Cross has said, like, I'm gonna basically ram run roughshod through this division until there's nobody left. When you well, think about I it, just... Finn Balor. When you think about it, Finn Balor is probably a couple more matches before he gets called back to the main roster, and Kyle might be busy with Adam Cole again. And then Pete Dunne might. You know, let's say Bronson Reed takes the North American title away from Johnny. You know, yeah. Pete and Bronson. That might be a good match. So
0: yeah, I I could see that happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. I obviously I don't want. I don't want this to be, like, a giant cluster of a match, like a Fatal 5-way or whatever, but I could totally see that happening. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I don't know. Uh, NXT is always, like, known for doing, like, those mini tournaments, so maybe they'll do something with these four guys to set up uh, a contender. Yeah, Um, maybe. I could totally see them doing that, like, you know like doing uh kyle versus pete or something and finn versus gargano and i'm just throwing out it could be in any order but yeah Uh, i could totally see them doing that um obviously i like i said earlier if gargano were to win that i wouldn't want him to be north american champion while doing it um so who knows uh it's really I I the carrying cross character is not hit well for me. Oh really? Um, I don't like the whole like I I I think it's more I, I think it has to do more with Scarlet. I hate the I hate the lip syncing in the entrance. I hate it. It's hmm. horrible. Um, that one week with the uh, Oni and and. Danny and she had like magical powers
1: or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. It's, you're saying it's hard to pin down exactly what Cross's like character is supposed to be. Is he supposed to be like a yeah. cross? Is is he supposed to be like a between Alistair Black and I don't know Brock Lesnar or something like that? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, he has the he has the Vince McMahon um, presentation. Yeah. So, I, that's why I didn't think he would be
1: in NXT for very long. But you know, um... well, he's he's not had he and Scarlett have not had a real crowd reaction since their debut on on the roster. So yeah, I don't know if true. they'll move him to the main roster that quickly. Yeah, because he unfortunately got a shoulder injured, so we didn't get to see like a long run of him the first time as champion because he had to give up the belt right away um but you know i think they are trying to protect him in some way because they're trying to still keep like this aura of indestruct to him with like the three guys jumping him and like austin and johnny like almost have like almost cannot take him down like
0: well yeah uh, and that's the thing like all all of all four of these potential challengers Should not beat him. That's the thing. I don't know who who should, though. They haven't really built anybody up to be that person. So... Yeah. I I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's too early to say. It's too
1: early to tell. We'll have to see uh, how things unfold in the summer. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's move on to... Let's see. Oh, yes. So next we get a women's division match. Zeta Ramir... Versus Saray, the recent signee yeah. from Japan. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this match for this one reason. They had Seda Ramir pull off an upset win over a former champion, Tony Storm. They yeah. just brought Saray in. So why would you have two women you just kind of started giving a push and have them face each other? One of them is going to lose. And I already knew who was going to lose at this point.
0: Oh, well, yeah. We all, we all do lose. So I'm like, I, I
1: didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like the way. If, okay, you gave this girl... Who does this insane shooting star press? So I was really impressed by that. And then you have a lose like a week, one week after. So, you know, I'm wondering like, okay, is is she a credible? Because if you're trying to rebuild your women's division, then you gotta start building up some people, right? You can't just keep bringing new people yeah. in.
0: Yeah, um, part of me thinks that that Tony Storm win was just to get to this match. Um, And you might not see Zayda Ramir for a while. Mm. Um, But also, it's very possible that she just comes back next week and beats, like, Casey Catanzaro in a singles match, you know? (laughs) So, um, who knows? But, you know, Saray is the, you know, the new new Japanese lady in town. Uh, NXT's favorite thing. And... And that's fine because she's great. Yeah. And um obviously I can't wait to see her face EO. And I can't wait to see her face Dakota. And I can't wait to see her face Raquel. And because she's she's very good. Uh they just gotta build her
1: up. Yeah, I mean NXT. I
0: I, I just hate that they are I mean like Zoe Stark is also very good, but she does nothing but lose.
1: Yeah, like she looks um, like a winner, but she's losing. And yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, to your earlier points about other people who look like they're winners, but they're actually losing. <laughs> yep. But I, so. I do see the seeds of them rebuilding the women's division, even, even creating some credi- some possible tag teams down the road. Because if you have like your own women's tag titles, you need challengers. So you've got yep. Zoe. And you've got Zeta, maybe you could put Z and Z together or something. And then so Ray, and maybe you could team her up with EO. I don't know. Um, You got Casey and Caden. You even have Zaya Lee and that Tian Sha. Like you could make something out of
0: it. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. We don't know. I think that.
1: I think that tag team is going to be basically Ziya Lee doing ninety nine percent of the work, and then you get a point where Sha like I don't know, spits green mist in the challenger, and that's her contribution (laughs) to the match. (laughs)
0: Because
1: Ziya Lee is the servant, right? She's the uh, she's the apprentice,
0: so she's doing all the work. Yeah, nobody knows where that's going. No, we'll we'll talk
1: about the uh, women's tag division. Yeah, uh, but um,
0: but yeah, and I mean that's the thing. There's only three tag teams on NXT.
1: okay okay hold on technically yeah okay next uh we get a backstage segment with imperium um marcel alexander wolf and fabian eichner they're talking to walter on a video zoom call so he's so walter's face is like on this tiny little ipad (laughs) we don't know what they're saying and that's what my only contention with this bit is that none of us speak german so the only word i heard was incompetent so i'm guessing this is Related to last week, what happened with um, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Um, yeah. Wolf had the chair. He could have hit Dane, but he didn't. Yep. You don't know what he's saying. Walter is like, basically, Walter's mad at them. And then Wolf says, okay, I'm going to do something. And then he gets up. And then Marcel and Eichner, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, to Walter. Yep. We, but but frankly, I don't know what they're saying. So it's kind of hard to.
0: Yeah. Well, And then later they announced that uh, next week. Uh, Wolf is going yeah. to face uh, killing. So. I
1: mean, it's not hard for them to like do subtitles, right? Because if they can subtitle yeah. Japanese, um, Japanese in the show, yeah, and it's not that hard to subtitle what Walter is saying. because yeah, they, they're trying they to build a story.
0: They don't think ahead. That's the problem. Yeah,
1: no, they're <laughs> trying to build a story. I would like to know what they're what what's going on. That that's it's as simple yeah. as that. Yep. Um, but uh,
0: yeah, I I see. I I feel like. This whole entire thing with Killian Dane has been to like eventually get him in Imperium as well. And I don't know how I feel about that because then that would mean Drake Maverick is doing nothing again. (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, but uh, I don't know Um, because if he joins Imperium, what is he going to do? Like shave all of his hair off? That's his character.
1: Well, it wouldn't be the first time. When yeah, I know. I happened. know. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, I, that's got to be where this is going, right? Like, where where else could it be going?
1: Yeah, like we we're talking about Dane rejoining Wolf in Imperium. Yeah. And then we're also speculating if Thatcher is going to join Imperium. Yeah. Then, you know, that's something. Um, okay, backstage, uh, we see Saray shaking hands with Zeta after the match. Tony Storm is like barging in. It looks like she's gonna start jumping both of them, and Zoe runs in and stops her. And then you know they have a standoff. Zoe checks on Sarey and Stark. Uh, I mean uh, Sarey and Ramirez. So you know as we said earlier, there's probably some women's tag team uh, stuff going on there. Maybe later.
0: You know, um, Tony Storm hasn't won a singles match since December.
1: No, um, I did not know that. So maybe she's <laughs> now become enhancement talent, which is. <laughs> really sad (laughs) uh you know the woman who won a won the may young classic former nxt uk women's champion anyway
0: i I mean obviously she's she's very
1: young yeah i don't know she's
0: a lot of these women are very young
1: yeah um there's time for them to be
0: there's time for them to do more with them but tony storm is really good like really good to the point where she shouldn't be losing at all
1: yeah, but, and then and then um, they did a they did a vignette of her like calling out I guess calling out Zoe, so I guess they're going to continue yeah. this feud. Well, they they've
0: been setting up that match for a while yeah. since Zoe since Zoe beat her in that pre-show match. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I mean, I hope the problem with that is that whoever loses is going to continue to be on a losing streak. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. This is, you're gonna yeah. have a lot of women who are who look good but don't have yeah. a really good winning streak or match uh, match record. So yeah. Uh get another match with LA Knight versus Jake Atlas. No surprise here. LA beats um Atlas, so yeah. Nothing much going Not on. Not a lot to talk
0: about there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> nothing much to talk about there. Um oh now we get to um Legado del Fantasma, they come out, and this is off. And they're saying that you know he's going to regain his. Uh, Santos Escobar says he's going to regain his uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and then I like this because they're finally starting to flesh out Wild and Walking uh, Wild and Raúl Mendoza, yeah, being the challengers at MSK for the tag titles. So you know this is good. They're a nice uh, trio group uh, Luchadores They're gonna. And then Escobar starts speaking in Spanish and then he gets interrupted by Kushida on the big screen. Kushida yeah. says, you know, you want a title match? It's happening next week. And so we get that set up already. So, um, they're,
0: they're doing a six-man, aren't they?
1: No, no, they already did the six-man. That was last week. And that oh, was a brutal That was a brutal one because basically Santos bombed Kushida on the table, basically took him out of the match. Oh, yeah, they did
0: do it already. And then I think well, it was like um,
1: Mendoza getting... I think it was like either Joaquin or Mendoza getting a pin on Wesley. Yep. yep. So they've yeah, so you're, they've, you're at least right. they built them up credibly, saying, "Oh, you know, these guys can get the titles," or Santos could get his title back. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you I, think? Yeah. Do you think Santos would get his title back? I don't. I'm not sure. No.
0: No. No. I think it's time for him to move forward. Um, I could totally see him like in a credible feud for the North American. Like I, I'd like to see him face Bronson Reed. Like I I think that would be different. Um he's he's really good and you know, he's not he's not getting any younger. Um
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think he's like 36 or something. Yeah.
0: Um I mean obviously wrestlers are working a lot longer as long as they're healthy. Like I, I would like to see him move forward, possibly get into the North American picture. Yeah. Because um,
1: at this point, we, could, we know that Santos is not, cannot just, doesn't have to be stuck in the Cruiserweight division because, you know, he took on Karrion Cross in that street fight.
0: Yeah, and that was a good match, despite the, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like they needed to do that, but it didn't hurt him as a champion because he was facing Karrion Cross. Okay. I, I felt like he was fine. It didn't hurt um, him at all. So, yeah, I, I think it's time for him to move. Forward. I thought he was going to be done with the cruiserweight division after losing the belt. Um, but I cuz I also expected him to lose it to Jordan Devlin. So,
1: <laughs>
0: but uh yeah, I I think that Kushida needs to have a, a lengthy run. Uh they kind of have put him to the wayside a lot since yeah. he came to, since he came to NXT. I mean, he could have beaten Johnny Gargano, he could have could have beaten a bunch of people and he didn't. So I think that this is his shot. I mean, it was inevitable that he was gonna be cruiserweight champion, I think. And I think he needs to have a lengthy run.
1: What's interesting is that Santos versus Kushida for the title next week is a two out of three falls match. They didn't really like they didn't really build towards that during the promo. They kind of just yeah. announced it. So that See leaves the thing- room. That leaves room f- open for like shenanigans, interference, whatever. The
0: thing that I hope, because they always telegraph two out of three falls matches by going to the third fall, mm-hmm. I want them to not do that. I want I want Kushida to win in two straight falls, and that would solidify his, um, you know, credibility as the champion, and it still wouldn't hurt. Um, uh santos because he would be fine he's because he's that good i i think he can you know but the usual
1: playbook with a two of three falls match is always they always go to the third fall
0: yeah and and that's that's why i don't want them to do that (laughs) change it up do something different
1: (laughs) well they have to make it exciting right so you gotta have to heal at least pick up the first fall which, you know, which basically gets the crowd saying, oh no, Kushida could lose if he loses again. And then Kushida, I don't know, maybe gets yeah. a hoverboard lock and taps him out in the second fall. So yeah. he finally got the deferred fall. Um, we get another, we get a, we get a build towards uh, Mercedes Martinez facing NXT women's champion Raquel Gonzalez. Yep. So there's a bit of a back and forth. You know, it's one of those split screen uh, promos. Um, yep. You know, basically they talk trash towards one another. You know, it was a good promo. It was all right. You know, I'm yeah. excited for this match. There's nothing much to say here. I mean, these are two alpha women. Mercedes is a veteran with with like two decades under her belt already. She's not no. winning, but she's no. gonna good give Raquel a good.
0: No, sort of she doesn't have a shot you know. at winning. Okay, she doesn't have a shot at winning. <laughs> um,
1: okay, just need to wrap this up here. Uh Cameron Grimes, now he's out clubbing, goes to a club. The bouncer looks really familiar. I don't know who it is. But he's saying uh, you're not on the list. Um, Cameron is arguing with him, saying he booked the VIP room, and then he's t- been told the entire club's been rented out. White magazine pulls up, and out steps Ted DiBiase, and then <laughs> Million Dollar Man says, "Hey, buddy, don't rent a booth when you can buy the whole club." And then we get the familiar line, "Everybody's got a price." What a Million Dollar Man! <laughs> yeah. Cameron starts screaming in the disguise. I I don't know where this is leading because. You obviously cannot fight Ted DiBiase. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Really <laughs> it's think funny. It's, it's funny.
0: I feel like it's probably just going to go to a point where on TV, Cameron Grimes just doesn't have any money anymore or something. Like, and then just, uh, they just stop. Then they just stop doing the skits.
1: <laughs> know, God, that's kind of sad. I mean, I like seeing like a legend, like million dollar man put into this situation at least he's, at least being inserted i think it's they're doing it in the right way like uh like a week ago they had him show up at the jewelry store cameron's yeah. holding up the watch and then yeah. just hear this voice that's a nice watch kid it's not a million dollar watch and then he's like ah!
0: yeah yeah i mean this stuff is funny I, and i like yeah. i like cameron grimes as a character that's this the this stuff that's okay. working for him um and it's different for him obviously like you never see there's never been a character like this before i mean in you know there's been the the rich guy character but not to the extent of cameron grimes so yeah this is different and i actually don't mind these skits at all
1: Mm -hmm. okay so finally we get to the main event it's a street fight for the nxt women's tag team titles the way candace and indy versus amber moon and Shotzi blackheart So before this match starts, Amber and Shotzi, they couldn't use the tank because apparently Frankie Monet's dog left a little present in the tank. Uh Um, Let's just say it's not something you can just grab with your hands and remove. So they end up just walking to the ring. But then basically all the focus now is on this match where literally I think all hell breaks loose. Everything's being used. They basically
0: had the same match they always have, but with weapons.
1: Right, right. But I would say (laughs) this was a... I'd say this was a good streak fight. I mean, like, they were taking crazy-ass bumps here. You know?
0: Well, you know, Shotzi...
1: I think the big one was... Was was it Amber or Shotzi? They climbed up on the scaffold and then splashed, uh, I think, Indy on the table.
0: Yeah. And And I think that was it. Shotzi Shotzi always does a spot where you were concerned about her health. Yeah. in every match, not yeah. just this, but here's yeah. Uh, and she made a she made a, a little a joke on Twitter about uh, a certain spot in a another yeah. Show. Okay, we'll
1: we'll get to that <laughs> when we start talking about AEW. But uh, yeah, um, actually, before this match started, I think Candice and Indy were in the locker room, and it appears that Dexter is trying to return Indy's affections with flowers, and Candice is like basically trying uh, to cover yeah. it up.
0: Yeah, because um you know the thing that they did last week where uh they said that Dexter sent flowers to to Ember yeah. and Shotzi. We we all know that that was that was Johnny and Candace. Right,
1: absolutely.
0: We all we all know that Johnny and Candace did that to get Indy upset, to get her to stop caring about Dexter. So obviously dexter knows that and yeah. dexter is gonna probably haunt the garganos now
1: <laughs> it's is i guess the only downside is the predictability of the storyline but yeah. i actually thought this match despite all the like crazy spots i actually thought it was gonna end in like some uh some weird dexter interference where he like comes out
0: uh-huh.
1: sh- like shows a video showing johnny and candace were behind it all along and then i thought at some po- at that point indy was gonna like walk out yeah. of the match and they reach and Shotzi and Amber uh, they're probably
0: gonna save that for when they lose the belt exactly I
1: think that would be a better storyline bill because you have like because yes. first of all let's remember Candace has been in NXT what for how long I don't even remember years
0: uh, years years like since like 2017 yeah longer yeah. I think longer. yeah probably
1: longer I think she was in the Mae Young classic before so she, she was the first one was in 2017 wasn't it yeah I think so
0: yeah so I think I meet, a little yeah. a little before that, so probably late 2016.
1: Yeah, Mia Yim once joked on air during a promo that Candice has been on NXT for like 25 years. So yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm glad that Candice uh, won the title now finally. Fine. And you know, it's nice that she did it with somebody that you know has a lot of potential. I think when I saw yes. Johnny post about this on Instagram. um, the, the real Johnny Gargano, you know, saying that. Uh, you know, she deserves it and for her to win it with somebody she loves that they both love is you know pretty good so i thought there's a good ending and you know we're definitely gonna see some future developments down the road with the whole dexter situation i think that's you know i think it's because of dexter that candace and indy will eventually drop these tag titles but um
0: probably back to amber and (laughs)
1: Shotzi. oh god i don't know like My
0: my biggest problem my biggest problem is is that these titles have been around for what barely two months and there's already three champions.
1: Okay, let's let's back up (laughs) a bit. I think Dakota and Raquel, yeah, I think they got screwed over a bit with the one hour tight long title reign, but I think I looked and uh, Amber and Shotzi held them for fifty five days, so that was as long as that was longer than Brody Lee's run as TNT champion. So that's at least a Average size run so. Well, yeah, th- and imagine
0: imagine if they had lost them at Takeover. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know, but I think at this point, these nxc Women's Tag Team titles, like every team that pops up, is probably going to end up with these titles at, at one point or another, no matter well, how my,
0: long. My biggest problem is is that I obviously didn't want these belts.
1: Yeah, at all. you made that clear, <laughs> and,
0: and I don't think anybody really wanted these belts um, because of how they treat the other tag titles but um there's only three tag teams in nxt it's these two teams and casey and and uh what's her name uh Uh, caden caden that's it there's really no other tag teams uh dakota and raquel really aren't a tag team no
1: that's gonna turn Uh, into something else later on
0: yeah exactly um even I when guess. they
1: even when they were given the tag titles, you're like, this isn't yeah. gonna last long. Raquel's like she's gonna challenge EO, and that's what she did.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I you got, I guess, uh Tian and the Zaya. Tian
1: Shaw and Zaya, like I said earlier.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's an official team, but yeah, there's there's no teams.
1: There were vignettes done in this show, also. It was really quick, but they are saying, you know, yeah. Shaw, they're still here. And, but oh, they, and also,
0: also we don't know what this diamond mine thing is.
1: Yeah. it It's it's weird because um, at first people were thinking Tessa Blanchard, but I'm hearing... Oh,
0: well, that's just because of the diamond in the line. Yeah, though. but I'm
1: hearing reports that like she and her boyfriend or her husband Daga, they're probably going to sign with AEW. Yeah. So Yeah.
0: Nobody knows what that is. They're, so here's they're... the thing.
1: Here's the thing. Let's just end it on this. I think at some point, they're going to think they need to probably just unify the nxt women's tag titles with the women's tag titles on the main roster Uh because i think because you know within the entire company there's not enough women tag teams yep i think i hope hope someone smartens up and realizes that because naya and shana cannot be tag champs forever
0: there's only one person that needs to do that and his name is vince mcmahon (laughs) (laughs)
1: And on that note, let's move on from the world of uh, Vince McMahon's company to uh, All Elite Wrestling, Wednesday night. Um, well, there's really only one match that I want to focus on here. There's
0: really um, only one match to talk about.
1: Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> start off with this question. This match started technically around nine, quarter after nine, I think, a little after quarter after nine. Yeah. It included commercials. Now, Mike, do you think with this kind of a match, blood and guts, basically the old school war games match with the two rings inside a steel cage do you think they should have given them the full hour no commercials just one sponsor and then you just have the commentators name drop that sponsor in and out here and there no commercials do you think they should have done that
0: absolutely yeah uh i felt like the commercials hurt the match because you could tell because they did they did picture in picture throughout the match and you can tell that there was numerous times where they were they were holding off on doing certain things because they knew that they were in a commercial break. Yeah and like, also like Wardlow's entrance was during exactly
1: I was like Wardlow um, made his entrance during the commercial I'm like what?
0: and they did certain spots during the commercial break that nobody was really able to see because it was in a small screen and obviously like our uh, you know our UK compatriots uh, get to see this on fight so they don't get the commercials um,
1: right it's but, still uh, like yeah i yeah. i the, the thing about picture in picture is that you really have to focus on the match while the commercials are running so yep. it you can do that and I tried doing that which was okay because I was paying attention but for the yeah. average viewer it's hard to, for you to look when you have ads for Subway or like, you know, yeah. Dateline popping up or whatever. Yeah,
0: and like there was there was just some very distinct things that you could see like when Jericho obviously we're going to talk about the match but like towards the end when Jericho was climbing the cage, he waited until they got back from commercial to do it <laughs> and you could tell like very clearly.
1: Do you do you so, know? Do you remember if like the original War Games match was the way to win was either submission or surrender? I
0: believe those are the original rules. Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Because I always I was wondering why pinfalls were not included.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, Cody was trying to do the uh, oh. the dust, the dusty way of doing yeah. things. Because this I, is a you know, a dusty creation. So yeah. you know, Cody.
1: I oh, mean I know. was expecting them to slot in the full hour but then when they started announcing like other matches I got a little concerned because they're like okay Britt Baker has a match uh, Kenny and Nak yeah. Nakazawa was going to face Moxie and Kingston and, and they just kept the- saying Miro's going to have something to say and then yeah. well, we get another segment and with uh, the, Ken- way, the
0: way they the way they so- did that was very uh, unfair to the people who attended um if you read reports that what they did was they pre-recorded those matches before anybody was in the building and then when everybody got in the building they put them on the screen so for the first hour literally everybody that was there was just watching the screen and that's it oh and Hmm. so the you know the kenny tag match the brit match the cody qt match they watched that on the screen and not in person. Oh. Um, yeah. So a lot of people were upset about that. I heard that some people got refunds for attending the show. Because uh, <laughs> they were upset That's... that they had, for the first hour, they just had to sit there and watch the
1: screen. Okay, that doesn't sound like a good way to do your presentation. And now,
0: now, I understand why they did it. Because they were in Daly's place and they don't have the same uh you know uh resources to like put a cage uh you know like hanging above the ring. Yeah. They had to they they had to build the cage. So they they pre-recorded those matches. Now if they were in a standard arena, like if they were traveling, if and this was in like Chicago or something, yeah, they probably could have hung the cage like WWE does. But because they couldn't do that because they were outdoors that became the issue. So See, I understand I understand why they
1: did it. You know, they could have done blood and guts in another location. They could have probably set two rings up in the football field. I don't know that mm-hmm. that would allow more room or more time to... Yeah,
0: I, I guess they could have did it that way. Um, huh. I don't know. I, I guess it was just a, a lack of resources kind of deal.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, um I mean, let's let's think about the ending of Blood and Guts. So you got Jericho and MJF climbing on top of the cage and you are like, oh fuck, somebody's going to fall off the cage. So you're like, okay, okay. Yeah. So at one point, MJF has got Jericho at his mercy and then he's like screaming at the rest of the inner circle, surrender now, I'm going to drop this motherfucker off the cage. And then you get Sammy just like, okay, okay, we surrender, we surrender. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm like, yeah. Someone's falling off the damn cage. And then, like, yeah. you look at MJF and you're like, oh, fuck, he's gonna throw Jericho off the cage. <laughs> so yeah. Jericho takes the bump. He crashes through the stainless steel, wink, wink, um, uh-huh. set. And you're like, at least, okay, this is the way, okay, you know what? I don't know if you have different thoughts about the ending of this, but I thought this is exactly how MJF would win this kind of a match. He uses a chicken See? shit method to win. And we get the shot of him on top of the cage, triumphant, with the blood streaming down his face. And I think... Actually, I saw when Jericho was lying there, he kind of had this little smile or smirk on his face. He's like, okay, I did good. I put him over.
0: I, I felt that it could have been done better. Um, the problem that I had... And, I mean, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, I, I get what, what they did and how they did it. I didn't like how they did the whole like oh uh, surrender or i'll do it thing um because you knew he was going to do it anyway because he's mjf um and just the way that it was done like there's no there's no doubt in my mind that sammy guevara could have ran up that cage and saved jericho because the cage wasn't that big um but I felt like they could have did something better to make it look better. And obviously the camera work did not help that the you could clearly tell that there was a crash pad in a location that there normally is not a crash pad. <laughs> and it just didn't look great on impact. Um, I felt like maybe they should have did it differently where like maybe Sammy Guevara was the one that was going to go down and Jericho surrendered to save him. Hmm. um i felt like that would have helped the story a little better um because i feel like this i I obviously i don't know where this is going to go from here but i just felt like this didn't work um the the finish kind of fell flat but there was a lot of stuff throughout the match that i really liked like a lot and if you read my review you would you know i gave the, the match a very good rating and actually, really enjoyed it, just not that ending.
1: Yeah, like I mean, they started off strong, like Sammy and Dax going in there. Like I thought, I thought in the first place they would start off with Sammy and Spears, Sean Spears. Oh yeah, would, that would have made sense. Yeah, but then you know, I think they are starting to give Dax or a little more uh, leeway because they put him in singles matches before with mm-hmm. Jericho, with uh, Jungle Boy, and he can, you know, he can go so yeah. on his own. So they did pretty well. I mean, I like the fact they didn't use any too much foreign objects in the ring. I mean, other than like a, two chairs and Jericho's bat, they basically tore the ring apart. Because if you mm-hmm. went to picture in picture, they tore the mats off of the one of the rings, yeah. so he exposed the wood. Didn't they, they use a fork at one point? Yeah, that too. <laughs> they did, they
0: and then there was a,
1: also the uh, turnbuckle that got torn off the ring post, and they used yeah. that as
0: well. Jer- Jericho used that as a weapon. Yeah. Like- well yeah there was a lot of great stuff in this match that i really enjoyed and yeah i, felt I, like I think the, yeah it's just the, the pacing was the pacing was never off the pacing was fine right there was there were certain points in the match where you thought it was like a botch but it i mean it felt like a botch but if but it it looked more uh credible because you know they were tired from working for an hour almost like I didn't care that Sammy did a springboard and almost and fell on his face because he was getting his his ass beat the whole time. I didn't care that uh, Wardlow went to pick up Hager and he fell down because he was getting his ass beat the whole time. It it just helped with the, tor- the telling the story of the match, and like all the spots that they did like i loved the exchange between spears and guevara on the separate top ropes leading to a spanish fly Mm -hmm. i love i loved the gory special into the cage and then ortiz like fell between the cage and the ring i loved that um i i loved the the pile driver spot like you mentioned uh where ftr was trying to do the pile driver on the exposed wood and then uh yeah that uh, got reversed.
1: It, they took it. it
0: yeah, and Santana and Ortiz turned it around and Guevara helped with the spike. So I, I really liked a lot of this stuff and, and it didn't uh I felt like all this stuff was was what needed to happen. It needed to be a grudge match, it needed to be a uh drag out, you know, and I and I liked it a lot. And it and Guevara especially came out looking like a star to me.
1: Oh yeah. Like this is not the last time like these two teams will like fight each other, and yeah. I'm I'm open to them like fighting different members in each faction. Like you know we, oh, yeah. we expect like Spears and Sammy to go at it, but why yeah. not Sammy and someone else or Yeah, you know?
0: I fully expect an FTR Santana and Ortiz tag match. I fully expect a uh, as you said a Guevara and Spears singles match. I and I wouldn't mind a, a Wardlow versus Guevara, or something like
1: that yeah or or, or or um or sammy facing like mjf himself you know they yeah exactly they were, Matt, and you know, there was a whole story with them while they were still together in the inner circle
0: yeah exactly and that and, would be that would definitely be worth seeing
1: yeah and so, jericho and jericho first facing wardload you know, you know if you need didn't Wardlow,
0: MJF, didn't mjf face Guevara at all in
1: uh no no all in was um mjf facing jericho and if mjf won he would join the inner no, circle
0: no that was no that was no all in was the
1: uh oh all in oh no i think mjf faced uh matt cross oh
0: he faced matt cross You're yeah right. i remember that You're I right. watched all of, right and it was like yeah i i i was thinking and i'm thinking of something else who did because i'm pretty sure that mjf and Guevara have faced before
1: Maybe on like did they um,
0: did they face on like the
1: first Dynamite? No, that was Kip. No, no. Uh, Sammy faced Cody. Was, I think, on the first Dynamite.
0: Okay, yeah. I, then, I, I maybe maybe Guevara and 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 MJF haven't had a match then. No, I,
1: and that would be interesting because if they haven't had a match before and they had the story built up previously, that could be a good.
0: I'll have to look into that because I just yeah, I've I've seen them face but, yeah. before.
1: But overall, I think you know, this Blood and Guts match you know did what it was meant to do i mean even jericho taking the bump off onto that set it looked way better than getting powerbombed through like plastic water bottles (laughs)
0: yeah yeah and i i mean i fully expected the pinnacle to win i i never i never expected inner circle to win
1: oh really no
0: i i never expected inner circle to win because the pinnacle are the new group that need to be established uh they never had a match as a group so they they needed to win this match
1: right um
0: and it establishes mjf as a as a top tier talent um those pictures of him with a bloody face on the top of the cage are going to be looked at as you know yeah marketing uh uh you know for years to come and he's gonna be a, i I I'm gonna say it right I, I said it in my article but I'm gonna say it again I think he will be a world champion by either end of this year or beginning of next
1: yeah I'll uh I'll post the article in my show notes so people can go and reference it but yeah that's yeah. a good point point. and I think if this was WWE um they would have booked the inner circle to win probably oh yeah
0: absolutely because <laughs> and... they have a
1: history of like you know squashing new factions they form and right away
0: and I believe I said it on Twitter, like, just imagine what FTR and Sean Spears would be doing right now if they were still (laughs) in WWE. Like, they would not be doing this at all. They would not be doing anything close to this. So I'm very happy for them because they left because it wasn't about championships yeah. they didn't leave they didn't leave wwe because of championships they left wwe because they want what they do to matter
1: is and no and, no they didn't they, they didn't leave wwe because of money i mean they could have been paid way better probably or yeah. more secure but
0: they, they, they just want,
1: wanted to wrestle they wanted to do yeah. shit
0: they just wanted to wrestle and they wanted what they do to matter they want what they do to to make a difference and this is going to make a difference for a long time because this is a a match that you know they obviously don't need to do all that often they'll do it maybe once a year but i don't even want them to do it that often yeah i, I want i want them to do it when it matters right and because this mattered these two groups were bound to you know yeah. face off and this was probably the biggest match of every single person in this match, except maybe Jericho's career. Exactly. Like, every these nine, person-
1: like all these guys managed to have a built up their, built up their credibility in this business. And I think that's a yeah. good thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, you could argue that some of FTR's NXT matches were probably maybe bigger than this, but this, this was, they were never going to do this at WWE never yeah
1: okay so um anyway so that was all elite wrestling and you know we can agree that that match ended exactly the way it needed to or or, or ended or ended like with a very positive payoff yeah. um finally we'll go to a friday night smackdown and um i think with the time <laughs> that we have left let's just focus <laughs> on the presentation of it as a fullback edition and Whatever Ugh. is going on with Roman, Roman Reigns because there's a, a couple of things yeah. in there that I like to unpack. So this is a throwback edition of Friday Night SmackDown. You get the referees wearing the old SmackDown t-shirts. Um, you get Pat McAvee and Michael Cole wearing uh, cheap-ass suits from the 90s. And we also did see an appearance of the traditional fist from SmackDown except it was not the real fist that they dragged out of the archives. It was a CGI fist. But looking back at the picture, I'm like... Wait a minute, you mean you guys can do this every week? So why don't you just put the fist back in? <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, if you could do this every if you could just do this CGI, then just bring the fist back. See
0: you... unfortunately, this and I, I, I was talking to you about this last night. This was not a. this was not a WWE idea. Yeah. This was this this was a Fox idea. Right. So they kind they kind of had to put this together uh, very quickly and unfortunately it showed
1: because <laughs> <laughs> when you see like commercials so like iCoPro pro and then hacksaw jim duggan trying to hawk off a wwe popsicles from yeah. like 1995 and if you're yeah. at least a good wrestling historian you realize smackdown started on 1999
0: so yeah. like four years so, after all
1: the stuff came so
0: a lot of this stuff didn't make sense by time smackdown was a thing they had the you know the attitude era logo the scratch yeah. logo which they could have brought back just for this they could have you know they could have i mean the only michael cole at least tried to make it seem legitimate because he wore his all denim stuff which he only wore in like the early years of smackdown oh but okay pat, but pat mcafee was dressed like vince mcmahon in
1: 1984 <laughs> uh with the but, terrible hairpiece.
0: The the presentation was basically WWE in 1989. Uh the 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 theme was eighties, the the graphics were eighties for the most part. Man, okay. None of this none of this made sense because SmackDown is a 99 show. <laughs>
1: that, yeah. You're like you guys I mean, went you guys traveled like they went in the time machine and traveled back, but way too far back. You're like yeah. you pulled up stuff that was it in the same era
0: yeah like at least if this was yeah. a throwback raw i mean at least it would have made a little sense ico pro was around when raw first started uh, uh, the, the ice right. cream bar commercials i mean like well at least was... they
1: at least they brought back teddy long that was the only yeah that was the only, i mean
0: happened. that was the only thing that made sense at this point okay about the throwback stuff yeah i mean and they did the thing you expected him to do he made a giant tag match and he also tried to make sammy face the undertaker but
1: <laughs> uh
0: and he said king booker instead of king corbin oh yeah i was
1: like wait king booker i was like oh no which i think was, he meant which the other was thing. funny so yeah.
0: I, that was the only thing that really made sense to me but
1: <laughs> yeah um so Really, with the time we have, I won't want to talk about the situation with Roman Reigns. So, Roman, Paul, and Jay come out. They give a sort of a tribute to Daniel Bryan, where Paul Heyman makes this terrible dinging sound, like you're hitting the <laughs> bell ten times. And you can and tell like, Roman's Roman cracking up. He yeah. can't stop smiling. You're like, he was trying he, not to
0: break on that. I one. know,
1: like that was so stupid. But then you get, um, I think you get Cesaro come out. And then he's like challenging Roman again. Roman's just laughing in his face. And then Seth comes out and jumps him from behind because they're having a match. Oh, by the way, we get the return of the other twin, Jimmy Uso, who comes back. You think, you know, know, I think you tweeted out, oh, good, they brought the bloodline back together. But that was not exactly the case because for some reason, Seth and Cesaro, when they had a match, the Usos were standing around ringside for, I don't know why, and then yeah. at some point, like Jimmy is uh, like he's trying to t- give Seth a hand, and Seth's like telling him to back off. I'm doing this on my own. And then Jimmy still wouldn't back off. And then Seth punches him in the face. He gets Cesaro like doing a rally, and then and then at some point Jimmy gets mad and kicks Seth, and the super kicks Seth in the face. Well,
0: yeah, um, distractions. Because- because Jay, Jay was trying to help Roman. Yeah, so, you know... You Jay, Jay yeah. was trying to help Roman because Roman doesn't want to face Cesaro.
1: Yeah, and exactly. Jim,
0: Jimmy only kicked Seth because he attacked Jay. Exactly. You're not, and that, I'm and not that, going that to would,
1: argue and, with a brother... Uh, and that, it, and brother. that would
0: be, a, you know, a story point later.
1: Yeah, and then you get Cesaro, you know, with that distraction, picks up the win fight and neutralizer. So, you know, Cesaro yeah. gets his universal title match at Backlash. Uh, then you go backstage and, you know... Roman's arguing with Jimmy. You know, Jimmy says, "No, I, I'm actually. You know, I didn't really come back for you." You know, and then there, and then you get this sort of hostility kind of building up. Not only with Jimmy and Jay, but with Seth. Seth comes up to Roman and says, "Hey, your boy's got in my business." And then like Roman tells him, "I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it." And then mm-hmm. Seth's like, "You better take care of it because I will if you don't, right?" So you, and then, and then at the end, you get um, Roman's like get my cousin. And he's, and then Paul's like, which one? And, or yeah. And then it's like, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I know what you want So they bring um, Roman and uh, Jay back out of the ring. And then Jimmy comes out and then he alludes back to how Jay actually, he never tapped out the Roman or he never really surrendered. You mm-hmm. only surrendered because you put me in the guillotine to uh, force my brother to surrender to you. So they're arguing basically jimmy we thought he was going to come back and join up with roman's crew but then you know jimmy's like alluding to the fact that you know this happened and like i'm not necessarily here for you but then um you know roman gives him the ultimatum says you know you're be with me or you're not jimmy starts walking out of the ring cesaro comes up and jumps roman and jay from behind Cesaro's like beaten down on him, and then Jimmy's kind of like hesitating on the rim, and then finally he runs back in, but he eats another, I guess, punch from Cesaro, and then you get Cesaro standing tall. So we end off SmackDown with just brilliant storytelling, I find, at least in terms yep. of Roman Reigns, because you got either he's going to have some problems with his cousins down the road instead of this reunified bloodline. He's got this title match with Cesaro, and he might have problems with his old buddy Seth Rollins. So. You yeah. know, where do you think this is going?
0: Uh, well, I think I know where the Uso thing is going. So I think what's going to happen is that Jimmy is going to continue to push back. And eventually, Jay and Jimmy are going to have a match ag- mm. against each other. Okay. And Jay's is going to win. And Jimmy is going to have to join the group like Jay did when he lost to Roman. And then you're just going to get that heel group that we expected to get from the beginning. Um, I feel like that's the only way to go. I don't want to see the Usos break up. I don't want to, because Jay, I mean, Jay had the singles run and all he did was lose. Um, So who's to say that the same thing wouldn't happen to Jimmy. Uh, They need to be a tag team. So I feel like that's where it's going. They're gonna they're gonna have that one match that they've always wanted to have against each other, and then it's gonna it's gonna go right to them just all being a group, the bloodline being an actual group and having all the belts. And um, the Seth stuff, I don't know. Um, obviously, I don't know if they're gonna go right to that after Cesaro because we all know Cesaro's not gonna beat Roman. Um, would I like it? Absolutely. But, um, yeah, Cesaro's probably not going to beat Roman. I'm sure they'll have a hell of a match. Um, so I don't know if they go right into Roman and Seth or save that for SummerSlam or, um, I don't know. Um, cause I don't really know where Seth goes from here. Cause I assume he's done with Cesaro now. So what, what's next for Seth? Um, you know, there's plenty of people he could face that he hasn't. I, I'd like to see Seth versus Biggie.
1: Yeah, you know that would be a good um because they're not neither of them are doing anything right now. I mean, Biggie uh, lost his. Uh, did he have his? No, he. I don't think he's had his rematch for the. He had his rematch
0: title. last last week. He had his rematch.
1: Oh, was that was that for? Oh yeah, okay. You're right. You're right. So
0: I mean. I, I could totally see them keeping that going, but I, I don't know. I would like to see Seth versus Biggie. That would be different.
1: Yeah, that would be different. I don't recall them having a match before, at least as a, a singles match.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I think what you said about the uh, Jimmy versus Jay, I think that is the natural uh, extension of, of what's going to happen there. Because, like, you know, Jay is, fell in line after beating on Roman beating up no not beating up like feuding with roman for mice
0: and i don't think they do that at backlash because i think that's too soon yeah uh maybe the smackdown after or they'll you know what they'll do they'll set it up at the smackdown after and then have it the week after
1: that do you think at some point do you think at some point in this roman will have a match with jimmy one-on-one
0: in order Um, to build
1: this maybe because I, because I, what I'm envisioning right now in the next few months leading up to SummerSlam is like Roman's probably not going to have a credible universal title challenger. Like he'll have a challenge here and there, but it's like his main focus is with the storyline with his cousins.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I kind of feel like maybe he'll be facing Seth at SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, that's um, what I thought. I mean,
0: because uh, I, I don't know who else there is. You want to have a big match at SummerSlam, especially if they're going to have a crowd there, right? Um, and they might go back on tour by that point,
1: right? Too that's so, too true.
0: Um, so obviously, I mean, SummerSlam is technically the second biggest show, yeah. Um, so you want to have a big match, but I don't know. It's too early for Biggie. It's too early. It it's too early. I mean Cesaro. I don't want Cesaro and Roman to be feuding for five months or whatever. Yeah, there's only so much so, you can
1: squeeze from that orange. <laughs>
0: um, I would like Cesaro. Obviously, I don't want Cesaro to uh, fall down the card again, but I would like him to stay credible even after losing to Roman, because like he's not gonna. Like I said, he's not gonna beat Roman. Um, maybe Shinsuke, but you have to build him up. Well uh, they and, start and, they
1: they tried I think they were trying to do that a few weeks ago um, when they were doing those um interviews asking them who's yeah. going to win between Roman and Daniel Bryan and like yeah. Shinsuke I think he said he thinks Daniel's going to win but then he's like Roman you escaped me once after you die, if you win then you know I'm I'm watching you kind of thing
0: Yeah I don't I mean you could easily I mean unfortunately tonight he lost to Corbin but Yeah that wasn't I'm a good last time <laughs> i was like i don't think
1: uh, i want to see corbin doing another winning winning another match for a while because it's like but uh nobody
0: yeah I I, I I don't know obviously it's too early to say if summer is three months away yeah um so obvious and like i said you gotta have something big there okay and i don't think i don't think jimmy is the match
1: yeah no that's just gonna be a thing for to build up this whole
0: I mean, uh, if you do have that match, you could have it at maybe the July pay per view. I, I don't even yeah, know what it maybe. Is anymore, but but we we'll don't see even know what, what the happens. July pay per view is anymore. So yeah,
1: we'll see what happens when uh when, when it comes to that. And uh, so finally, I think we should end by talking about two interesting uh, uh, pieces of news items. Uh, one is Daniel Pryan's contract status. Yep. So it turns out that it's been revealed that. Daniel Bryan's contract has expired after last week's SmackDown when he lost that title match and now is banned from SmackDown forever, as mm-hmm. the storyline goes. A lot of speculation where uh, Daniel Bryan will end up, whether he stays with WWE or will he go to AEW or New Japan or Ring of Honor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the word out is that he wants to try to keep a part time schedule. But he's also a guy, like you said before, there's a lot of guys not motivated by money. And mm-hmm. he probably just wants to have a few good matches before his career is over because he's turning yes. 40 this year. Yep. Right? When, you're, yep. when you have like, kids at home, you want to like do well, some yeah, stuff. yeah,
0: and right? his, his kids are the big, are the thing. Yeah. That's why, that's why he's kind of changed his tune on working as often as he does because he's got two daughters and he wants to spend as much time with them as he can um you know he doesn't want to be one of those dads who's not around for things and i completely understand that um so i could totally see him like he's talked about going everywhere he's talked about working in mexico he's talked about working in you know japan he's talked about everything and you know he did a recent interview and said that he would love to work with kenny omega
1: hmm.
0: and you know like i feel like Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan is the kind of match that you can go straight into because Daniel Bryan has that name value Um, unlike Christian who's been gone for seven years and isn't really uh, you know as credible a name as Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan could come in and be like I want Kenny Omega and I want him on this day and I can immediately be okay with that
1: yeah like like we said it's not about the money and you know if he is a free agent then he could probably just do this part-time thing and just show up at any company like that would be wild like he'll come up at AEW and then like a few months later on Impact and then in Ring of Honor and then
0: you know and there's so many people that I would love to see him work against I would love to see him work against Kenny Omega I would love to see him have a match with pack outside of wb because that's never happened i don't think i would i would love to see him face jonathan gresham oh my god imagine that match (laughs) jonathan gresham versus daniel Bryan. that would be amazing uh i would love to see him face naito i would love to see him face okada i would love to see him face abushi uh even though i would be very scared for his health after that match
1: (laughs) yeah so putting it yeah we're putting out the universe daniel Bryan. we hope you Just remain a free agent and just, know, be the free spirit that you are.
0: But I could totally also like, and he could do that. Like he could have a whole year of just not having a contract and working like on a handshake basis with all of these, with all of these companies and then just go right back to WWE whenever he wants to. Oh yeah. And they would, they would be completely okay with that. And I think everybody would be completely okay with that because you got the see Brian Danielson have these amazing matches because we we would all love to see them. I mean, imagine like him and Samoa Joe could have a match in AEW, yeah, or in or in Impact or anywhere. Yeah. The fact and that we...
1: those two guys have a, are basically free agents this year is like the speculation or the stuff running about on that is insane well yeah and there's
0: there's so many people and like even even him having a match with moxley with the with no restrictions could be amazing because i don't recall them ever facing before wwe if they have i haven't seen it so i i would love to see that as well so there's so many matches yeah, that he could like literally he could just go from from this from uh when he when he's ready to debut somewhere, he could go from May this May to the following May and then just come back to WWE after Mania.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to see where Daniel Bryan's future goes. And it basic based on what we said, it's gonna be uh probably pretty exciting. Yeah. And uh, finally, I just want to end. By talking about the new season of dark side of the ring uh, right. if you have never heard of dark side of the ring it's on vice tv i would highly recommend it it peels back about some of the more unknown stories in professional wrestling a lot of wrestling deaths wrestling controversies so c- a yeah. couple couple of stories are, are a bit humorous but but just basically the stuff you don't usually hear when it when it comes to wrestling so yeah uh, new season started with uh the life and death of brian pillman and um, yeah. if you guys remember brian pillman he was just a really wild time and uh the way he went out of this business was um it was really shocking and for those of us who were paying attention at the time uh what did you think of the uh documentary mike because they bas- this was basically an interview with brian pillman's family and it really got beyond just the wrestling and all and right into just uh, the the struggles if you have of losing a father and having yeah. to grow up with like almost no family at least for well, brian yeah. tillman jr who's currently a wrestler
0: yeah and the stuff that they you know the the thing about this show is that they, they they tackle a lot of things that you definitely would not see in a wwe documentary and um they they tackle a lot of stuff that like you know i never knew that he uh that he was married before and his first wife killed herself i never would have known that yeah and and that's really sad and i never would have known that he uh had all these all these problems uh well i i i knew about the vocal cord stuff but i didn't know on the the level that they explained it and um and then like we all knew about the car accident, but we didn't know like the details about the car.
1: Accident. Yeah, I didn't know how severe his injuries were. Like the yeah. graphic descriptions of them, of her yeah. sister they, explaining they, what they had to do.
0: They, to they put talked back. about like they had to put plates behind his face. Yeah, and and they had to peel his face back.
1: I was to like, do it. what was that even like, medically possible back in the nineties? Because I was like, when you like, thinking it was. about it,
0: apparently it was, and uh-huh. unfortunately, like and he was really good at obviously not getting people didn't get whether he was playing a character or if he was just losing his mind and he was playing them the entire time and (laughs) that's the thing that's so great about it but like he was such a good athlete in his early years in wcw and working with steve austin and the hollywood blondes and yeah and like he he just always had to stop and start in WCW because they were always changing management. Yeah, which was um, not
1: which was a problem with WCW as a whole, and didn't just affect Brian, yeah. but a lot of
0: yeah. people. Yeah, But he was on on the rise in WCW for a long time, and unfortunately, injuries and uh, all of that played a factor. And unfortunately, that giant, that horrible car accident. Was really like the beginning of an end for him. Yeah, because if he didn't get
1: if he didn't get injured, he probably could could have gone on another ten years.
0: Yeah, if he didn't have that horrible car accident that limited him, uh, um, on a insurmountable, uh, level, like he was not able to do anything after that. Like he was barely able to wrestle, and just getting in the ring was, was painful. And I never would have done that. I was, I mean when that stuff happened, I was very young. So I didn't know any of this stuff. I I don't even think I was watching full time in 1997. Yeah. So I obviously learned about this stuff later, but this stuff is just, it's so sad. And that is the unfortunate part about this show is that's the point of it, is to tackle these things that are very sad. And again, like he's one of those people, like Owen Hart, which is, you know, who could have had a career that spanned a long, a lot longer, if things went differently?
1: I mean and... the the impact he's left, I think, is significant because, for me, I when I started watching wrestling, one of the most iconic scenes I remember was Stone Cold breaking into Brian Pillman's house, Brian Pillman's yelling, "When Austin Three Sixteen meets." pillman nine millimeter clock and he pulls a gun out wow. and you're like back when you yeah. think about it back then that's like crazy like who who would put this on tv and you're thinking holy shit is that like is he actually yeah. gonna shoot him because I, I didn't that, know
0: and, and that was like the one the one and only time that vince had to go on screen in a apologize oh, yeah. for a
1: story like, like my like my there. enduring memory of like one of the things i remember about like that time in the 90s growing up was what seeing brian pillman's deranged look as he's like aiming the gun at Steve Austin when they panned the camera back to him. I was like, holy crap, did they shoot him? Because they just blacked out at that moment. And, yeah. then like, and then you like later you see okay like, austin's just being held back and toman's still aiming the gun. my, my like, favorite what the fuck is happening
0: my favorite part about that entire scene is kevin kelly is in the house doing the interviews <laughs> and, and and he goes oh my god he's coming back i love <laughs> that that is my favorite part because it's so ge- it sounds so genuine and just the way that kevin kelly delivered it was like it was amazing and you're but, like um,
1: Meanwhile, his Brian's actual wife, Melanie, is in on in on all this, and she yeah. probably sold sold it way better than, <coughs> excuse me, than like some of the actual divas or women at that time that could sell a product. It was yeah, like... but,
0: um, <coughs> yeah. The the documentary itself, unfortunately, also goes into her problems, and um, well, basically... oh, that's the other thing.
1: That they, they really delved into some of the personal problems. Yeah.
0: yeah, and they they talk about how she was very manipulative, and she was kind of the catalyst to uh, Brian's ex wife killing herself. And um, apparently, her uh, his his older kids who are not hers uh, can't don't like her at all. Um, don't even want to be around her.
1: Well, I can Um, understand that. Yeah. And she's...
0: um, Yeah, there's a lot there. And, uh, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. talks about, like, not really knowing his dad on the level that he would like to, but knowing a lot of people that did know him and learning things about him that he sees in
1: himself. I think it's really... I think it's really striking that the way he looks now as a wrestler, his presentation, yeah. he looks like his dad when yeah. he was a tag team wrestler.
0: Yeah. And so, I think he was, go- he was going for that. I mean, like, yeah. there was a point, I mean, there was a, a point, like that there was a point when he was first in MLW where he wore that, that crazy shirt that he wore on WWE television. Oh, really? Okay. That, that same shirt, you know, I can't remember what it was like, you know, it was like multicolored and everything. and Yeah. Yeah. Like he, uh, obviously cares about the legacy and cares about carrying it on and hopefully like i mean max castor had that horrible dig at him the other day saying that he would in 10 years he would be a subject on dark side of the ring oh my okay (laughs) which was which was not which was not good i think they
1: did it just (laughs) to promote that episode though
0: yeah uh but yeah, uh, I mean, even like Jim Ross, who was on the documentary, who was a good friend of Brian Pillman, was like, I really hope that uh, Junior is able to have success and do it the right way. And, you know, not do it on a level where things can go the way they did for his dad. Because we all know that Brian could have been, Brian Senior could have been... Uh, you know, in WWE for a long time. If you wanted to, he could have been in WWE until you know, yeah, 2000, 2000 early two thousands, mid two thousands. If he wanted to, because he was only thirty five in nineteen ninety seven.
1: Yeah, I think so. in the, in in the doc, like Jim Ross is telling him, you can have a future in wrestling. you, just, you, you don't necessarily need to be a in ring competitor. There's like other things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's and we we can see that today to with, with Corey
1: it. Graves and other people.
0: Well, yeah, and that's what they were trying to do with Brian because you know they knew that his injuries were that bad and like you know he had all these screws in his ankle. Yeah,
1: but like his plate, personality was so plates in there. his
0: face, like it it, yeah. it it was it was all hurting him. Yeah, and just having these single matches like that were not really that that uh out there, but like even just having regular matches were hurting, and. All the time, and that ended up being the reason for yeah why he's no longer with us. So.
1: Well, that's um that's really unfortunate here, but you know, it's like it's just one of those stories that you know people are interested in, and I'm glad to see that his son is sort of carrying on his legacy going yeah. forward, and we wish him uh, the best of luck in AEW and elsewhere, right? Um, so on that note, uh, we've been talking for like. Over two hours, so uh, <laughs> this was really great. Uh, thank you again, Mike, for like coming on my first uh, pod episode, um, my revamped uh, version of this podcast. Of course. And uh, so, why don't you just close off by telling people where we can find you on social and uh, anything you want to plug? Again.
0: Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at mikejc 21 and uh, yeah, continue to. Well, look out for the aw dynamite reviews which usually go up thursday mornings when i finish them and uh yeah and also my website mikejcunwrestling.com which i don't post on as often as i would like but uh by next week i'll have a good article up about my thoughts on all of the recent wwe releases and where i think that they're going to end up so
1: cool Okay. And, uh, I am, uh, Alan at the Cantastic on SLTD wrestling. Uh, you can find me on Cantastic wrestle corner as well as on social. I usually write about impact wrestling, but also other wrestling topics as well. Um, going forward, I will try to have more guests. So obviously if Mike is available, I'll bring him back, but I might have other mm-hmm. guests as well and I'll do other, uh, reviews, uh, just seeing uh, where this goes and uh, where this new, uh, opportunity lies. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in to fantastic wrestle corner and have a good day.